Welcome to the Golden Age of Cardboard podcast, where we remember a time when stacks of cards were held together with rubber bands and Mickey Mantles were put in bike spokes. We hope you will enjoy and reminisce as you come along with us as we tell stories about the baseball cards from the Golden Age of Baseball. We will examine the state of the vintage baseball card market and talk to some of the greatest collectors in the hobby. You won't be hearing us talk about any chrome or shiny cards here. Now, to take you on this retrospective journey, here's your host, direct from the shallow end of the gene pool, my son, Mike Moynihan. Yo and hello everybody, and welcome to the Golden Age of Cardboard podcast. I'm your host, Mike Moynihan. <sighs> I tell you, this has been a crazy period. First of all, the world's crazy, right? The hobby's been crazy. We all know that. But doing a podcast, I have so much respect for people now. I'm learning just the, I wouldn't call it a grind. I feel like I have this obligation now. Whereas before, when I would create content for YouTube, it was just Hey, do a video whenever you want to do a video that happened to be often, but I was under no uh, schedule or anything like that. And I know this podcast is coming out a little bit late in the week. I try to get my episodes done by Wednesday so that they're out on Wednesday because that gives people, you know, hopefully something to look forward to. If you're a podcast listener, I know there's a bunch of podcasts that I listen to now that man, I know they come out on this certain day and I'm looking forward to that, to, to catch the next episode and to see what they're going to be talking about. Hopefully some of you feel that way about this podcast, but it is difficult sometimes to try to coordinate, not topics necessarily. I literally have topics. I could go for years on a weekly basis with topics and never run out of things to talk about. But I don't want it to be just me talking because A, that would be boring and B, I want more insight into that than just my opinion on any given subject. But finding those people, not finding the people isn't even that hard really either. Friends of mine that collect certain things and that have expertise in different areas, that's not the hard part. It's coordinating schedules, getting people lined up to be able to, to do the show and I've learned I need to be available pretty much whenever they are. And sometimes that's convenient and sometimes it isn't. But uh, definitely a lot of respect now for people that just grind through it. And week after week after week, put out amazing content and things via podcasting or YouTube shows or whatever. So props to you guys out there. So I'm going to keep this uh, train going a little bit. And it is going to be just me talking today, but it's because I'm talking about a set today and, and going deep into the 1940 Playball set. And the funny thing about the 1940 Playball set is it's, first of all, I think incredibly underappreciated in the hobby overall. It is, I think, you know, one of those sets that kind of gets lost in the shuffle. Everybody loves the 41 Playball, which is ironic, darn near identical in terms of the images used for the active players as the 1940 play ball, except it's colorized. And so people, and I think 41 has this, you know, 
aura about it because it's 1941 and you had the DiMaggio 56 game hitting streak. You had Ted Williams hitting 406. So there were, you know, 41 has this legendary uh, aura about it because of what a great baseball year it was. And I, and I get that, but I would challenge you if you're not familiar with the 1940 play ball set to, to look into it. And hopefully as I talk about it, it will inspire you even more to go look at these cards and maybe pick up a few for your collection. If it's something that uh, really strikes your fancy. So the 1940 play ball set, I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to go through some cards here. I've, I've been working on this for years and I guess what started it for me and kind of how I got into the 40 play ball set was again, seeing that it was kind of underappreciated in the hobby thinking that it was a very creative set. And I really wanted to kind of go, all right, what pre-war set is reasonable, gettable, and and just not crazy expensive, like the 41 play balls are, as an example. And, and this one just kind of struck a chord with me. And I started picking up a few cards and a few more. And here we are. Uh, I'm not going after the whole set, by the way, just the Hall of Famers in terms of building a PSA set registry, but that's not because all the cards aren't cool. I just, again, you can only do so much and there's a ton of hall of famers in this set, which I will talk about as we go along here. Uh, so yeah, I just fell in love with it. I know this is kind of out of the realm, a little bit of golden age of cardboard, which is typically for this show, you know, fifties through the seventies. But I felt this set is is such a special and overlooked set that I really wanted to spend some time and and take a whole episode to go through it. Uh, and I and again, I, I think as we talk about it here, you're going to really like it. So let's talk about just the basics of the 1940 Playball set. First of all, it's a set issued by Gum Inc. And obviously, these were put in bubble gum packs. And they had debuted cards. Their first set was 1939, which is a hugely popular set. Very iconic set because you've got, you know, great cards of Joe DiMaggio in that set. Uh, the Ted Williams rookie card is in that set of 39 play ball. And it kind of launched their venture into the baseball card realm. And then in 1940, they issued their second set. And it's, it was very different looking. And the basic card looks like I'm going to show it. If you're watching on YouTube, you'll be able to see this, but there is what a basic 1940 play ball set or card looks like. This is the lefty Gomez. He is a, was a pitcher for the New York Yankees. And, you know, the cards themselves have this very basic design. They are smaller than your average baseball card than your modern baseball card, I guess I should say. They are, uh, again, a black and white image. They've got a little banner at the bottom that has the player's name. The backs are incredibly basic. They are simply a some basic biographical information on the player, who they play for. And then you've got just this short description of their career and accolades and all that kind of stuff. So it's an incredibly simple set. But I... Again, just think they are really, really gorgeous cards. Um, there are two series in 1940 Playball. The first series is cards number one through 144. 
And the second series is 145 to 240. And a 240 card set in 1940 was considered gigantic. In fact, it was the it tied at the time for the largest set ever produced with 1933 Gaudi. So it is uh, just one of those really big sets actually. And in the American card catalog with, if you're not familiar with that back in the day, uh, I can't remember the gentleman's name off the top of my head, but gentleman said, all right, I'm going to catalog every sport, every baseball card that's out there. And it is R three thirty five in the American card catalog. And so I'm reading information by the way, because there's lots of great, like, how do you learn about these sets, Mike? People ask me that all the time. And the answer is, well, it ain't through osmosis. It ain't, it ain't, you know, uh, so there are some great resources out there to go learn about vintage sets. The one I'm looking at now that gives a really great description of the product is the Cardboard Connection. And you can pretty much look up any set and it will tell you the history of that set and how they were found and, or whatever, yada, yada. And uh, those are, it's a really great resource. So, the high number series, the second series, is pr pretty hard to find relative to the first series, for sure. And what 1940 Playball did that was kind of cutting edge, I'll say, was they included, and especially in Series 2, is Legends. They include, re included retired stars in that set. And at the time, doing that was kind of considered not a good idea because... Kids wanted the current players, the players they could see today, not unlike kids today who are buying, you know, the current tops release or whatever, because they want to have cards of players they can watch on TV. Well, back then they wanted cards of players they could listen to on the radio and that they read about on the headlines and the old retired stars were largely forgotten. And at the time, the hall of fame, the baseball hall of fame was incredibly new the first class was in 1936 the hall itself opened in 1939 so i mean we're talking brand new this idea of the hall of fame whereas now you know it's 70 80 years old it's it's just taken on a different uh perspective than it had back then and so that was kind of this new development was adding these retired stars and so quite a bit of them are in this set in fact, there are 52 Hall of Famers that are in the 1940 Playball set, along with Shoeless Joe Jackson, who many would argue should be in the Hall of Fame himself. And the Shoeless Joe Jackson card is the most expensive card in the set by far. Uh, a mid-grade Shoeless Joe Jackson will be thousands of dollars, so it's, it is not cheap. But it is one of those... Uh, like he wasn't in a lot of cards because he had been banned, you know, in 1990, uh, I guess it was later than from the 1919 Black Sox scandal, Shoeless Joe Jackson had been banned. And so he didn't have a whole lot of cards after that. And uh, so a very key, key card there. Um, what else do I want to tell you about it? And then we'll start going through some of the cards. You know, there's a thing with the 1940 play balls that I have learned to accept and that is that they were the paper they were made on for whatever reason is very conducive to this strange toning. Uh, and it can be anywhere from like a sepia color, a light sepia to full on brown. And I think a lot of the grading companies, especially PSA, have started to, I don't know what to use the word, ignore it. 
but they simply accept that as a normal thing for 1940 Playboy cards. And I don't think it's taken into account when they are grading a 1940 Playboy card because it's incredibly prevalent and it, dang near every card you see will have some area of toning. And a lot of collectors prefer to find those 40 Playboy cards that have that even toning. When I was looking, I, you know, I, I didn't necessarily consider that a whole ton. I didn't want it to be really splotchy necessarily, but I wasn't going, Oh man, that, that toning, I just kind of went, you know, that is how it is for those cards. And so you, you really got to be careful with that. Also in 1940 play balls, you know, obviously centering is a huge issue. The printing techniques and things at the time were not exactly accurate. And so you can get a lot of really miscut and off center, 1940 play ball cards if you're looking out there. So just be be aware of that and understand that uh, as you are out there searching. Ironically, card number one, which I don't have here because it's in the vault, is uh, the Joe DiMaggio card. It's card number one. Again, a very highly uh, collected card, very popular card, beautiful image of Jolton Joe swinging, and it's, it's a great card. Then um, I showed you the lefty Gomez and what it does, it's, it's grouped by teams. So you'll have all of the Yankees kind of at the beginning of the set. And what's cool about the, the Yankees cards, for example, is that they are, you know, they won the pennant that year. So sorry if you hear my dog barking, but they won the pennant. And so there's Bill Dickey and you see down uh, on this side at the bottom, there's a, there's actually a pennant on the card that says they won the 1939 pennant. Uh, so I think you can, you know, finding these cards in decent grades is not difficult. Again, like everything, the card prices have gone up dramatically. Um, and you just got to be ready for that. You got red roughing. is another hall of famer in that set. Uh, you've got Rick Farrell is in that set. So what I love is all the names or a lot of the names are in quotes and it's either a nickname or kind of, you know, if their name's really Richard, like Rick Farrell, then Rick will be in uh, quotes, which is kind of interesting. Then you've got uh, another huge card in this set is the 1940 play ball, 1940. They're all play balls. 19 is the Ted Williams. I shouldn't even say that. Uh, and this is a recent pickup for me. So great Teddy ball game card. Again, the 41s look just the same. Uh, you've got Bobby doors in the set. This is one of my favorites. This is a Hank Greenberg. So this is also a great way to get hall of famers. You know, these playing day, if you, if you're kind of into that, getting a playing day card, the 1940 has so many guys, uh, that you can find a ton of them. Uh, Charlie Garinger. I'm going through them. I'm going to go through them a little bit quicker because there are some really great nicknames in this set, which is one of my favorite things about it. Uh, Carl Hubble is in the, in the set. Mel Ott is in the set. So, yeah, you just, I mean, greats, greats, greats of the game are in there. You've got the two brothers, the Wainer brothers. You've got... Uh, Big Poison and Little Poison Wainer. And again, it has their nicknames on there. So it's, I just think it's, uh, that kind of stuff is so neat to me. 
to see that on a card. Uh, players like Archie Vaughn. You've got Wait Hoyt, and his nickname was Schoolboy. So you've got that. Uh, old Pete Grover Cleveland Alexander is in the set. So you, you got some of the older, you know, legends that are also in the first series. So it's not legends exclusive, you know, Hall of Famers exclusive to the second series. There are some in the first series. There's Walter Big Big Train Johnson. So again, just love it. Um, let's see here. Colonel Combs, Earl Combs. Bucky Harris. Oh, great. Someone's at my door. Connie Mack. It's always good when you're recording a podcast because you have to do it whenever you can do it, right? Uh, Jimmy Fox has a great card in this set. Joe Cronin. Uh, then we get kind of into the older guys. You got Casey Stengel has a card in the set. Then you got like George Kelly, Hall of Famer, nickname of High Pockets. And actually it says on the flip, High Pockets Kelly. <laughs> I love that, uh, George Kelly. And so many guys are like that. You've got uh, Travis Jackson, and his nickname was Stonewall. So you got Stonewall Jackson there. Uh, Frankie Frisch, uh, Tris Speaker, Harry Heilman. I'm just going through these names because I think it's important, even if you're listening, to hear who's in this set because it might inspire you to, oh, man, I would love a card of that guy. You got uh, Chief Bender is in this set. Great pitcher for the Giants. You've got Nap Lajaway, Larry Lajaway. Just Larry is his nickname. Uh, and again, where are you going to get a Napoleon Lajaway card that's that's reasonable, that's that's vintage, right? Th those are the kinds of things that made me really want to go after this set. You got Johnny Evers. You've got Christy Mathewson. Again, some of these guys, this might be the, the most affordable way to get a cool card of theirs. Um, you've got guys like Frank Home Run Baker. And I'm going to do uh, a better showcase of these when I finish out my Hall of Famer run because I'm honestly not quite finished. I'll tell you about that in a minute. So Mickey Cochran. And I want to point out something on the Mickey Cochran card. A lot of the second series, the backs have different, uh, I guess, advertisements towards the bottom. Gum Inc. was advertising their bubble gum. And what's cool about the some of them in the second series is it said, stop, look, <laughs> ask for that great new sensation, Superman gum with thrilling adventure cards. This exciting series will soon be here. And so it literally at the bottom, if that will show up, we'll see on video, but it's got this Superman gum, you know, advertisement at the bottom, which is really cool. Uh, you've got pie trainer and Harry Hooper. This is uh, Jesse Haynes, great hall of famer. Pop was his nickname. Pop Haynes. Uh, Goose Goslin, Red Faber, Frank Chance, 
Another amazing Hall of Famer, Wee Willie Keeler. This is an interesting card. There's an interesting card of Tony Lazari in the set because it pictures him with the Cubs. He is known, of course, of being a great player on the 27 Yankees Murderers Row team and longtime Yankee John McGraw. So you've got even Hall of Fame managers in this set, Jim Bottomley. So, again, 52 Hall of Famers that you can get from this set. I have 51 of them. The only one I'm missing is Honus Wagner. And so I am definitely on the lookout for the Honus Wagner card. So, yeah, I just think, as, as you could see, if you were watching or hopefully you, you, if you're listening, go check out some 1940 play ball cards. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised with how neat they are, and especially when you get them in hand. Uh, you get them and you can read the backs, and there's great bios. And I just think they're, again, severely underappreciated. So there you go. That is it for today. How about a 20 minute podcast today? So hopefully you can listen to this all the way to work and you can be one and done. Not one of those long, super long podcasts. Those are coming back. I promise guys, I'll be back with longer podcasts in the future, but you know, this was, this isn't a, a gigantic set. I just wanted to highlight it, give some ideas, show some cards about it. So that's it for today, guys. Thanks so much for watching. Thank, thanks so much for listening. Really appreciate it. Have a great one. Keep collecting.